I thoroughly enjoy action series. Many of my all-time favorite shows are from the genre, and there's no surprise as to why. Action makes for a really great hook to get you to start watching, and high-impact action is a really easy way to keep you excited. After all, nobody ever decided to drop a show in the middle of the end boss fight. Really well choreographed and animated fights can stand on their own as impressive and immersive pieces of media without even knowing their source material context. Take for example the Naruto Sasuke vs Momoshiki fight, which is beautiful to watch despite the fact that I have no clue as to why anything is happening. Or take Demon Slayer Tanjiro vs Rui, a fight scene which I watched before I even watched the series and which really got me into it, and it has set an absolute standard for shounens to look up to. Strong action in a series is a great hook for getting you in and method for keeping retention. But getting hooked in and maintaining viewer retention doesn't make something great. And while a show can keep me watching and make me want to binge every episode, it doesn't necessarily mean that I love it. It just means that it knows how to keep me from getting distracted by dangling attractive hooks at correctly spaced intervals. There are so-called bubblegum pieces of media. Shows that you consume quickly and throw away forever. And these aren't necessarily bad at all. Hell, they are specifically designed to be as constantly engaging and in-the-moment fun as possible, and I enjoy many of them. I'm not going to name any of them since I don't want to start some weird controversy by calling your favourite show a piece of bubblegum trash, but I'm sure a few names come to your mind when I talk about it. But aside from these, to me there are shows in the action genre that I just consider a level above. They don't only rely on constant flurries of action and episode cliffhangers to garner and hold my attention, they do often use the same hooks to get me into the show, but what keeps me watching are the factors that go beyond the bubblegum. They do the action well, but their strength lies in the non-discardable, unique and deeper things that they do, which keep me thinking about them for days, weeks, months, or even years after completion. Stories that can do this have aspects to them which are impactful, memorable, and most importantly, emotionally resonant. And those factors are what create pieces of media that I truly love. Welcome to episode 3 of Why I Love, a series where I discuss both the shallow and deep reasons for why I love certain anime and manga. Today I'll be discussing one of my all-time favorites, a series with a fantastic hook, impactful fights and all the sugary goodness of a typical shonen, but also just so much more. Without further ado, One Punch Man. One punch! Now we all know that the animation in season 1 was a thing of beauty. The Boros-Saitama fight alone I must have watched a dozen times, and the Murata manga is just so incredibly detailed and well put together. The first season really hooked me into the show, the constant fights kept me engaged, and the structure of the overall season flowed really well. It made me constantly excited to dive back in week after week. Even if you took away all the other factors, such as characterization, plotlines with Genos, or the mysterious aspects of characters like Bofoy, even if you stripped away everything except for the action, we'd still be left with a pretty engaging action shonen that I undoubtedly would watch and read. 
but would I care about it beyond the moment of consumption enough to spend time thinking about it? I don't think so. But the thing is, I do think about One Punch Man. Years after the first season, and months between reading chapters, I still have it on my mind because it really goes above and beyond. After I finished the anime and blasted through the manga, I left to read the webcomic. I knew there was some enormous difference in art quality between the first two compared to the latter, and I was really uncertain as to whether or not I would actually enjoy reading it. Well, I caught up with the webcomic as well. In under a day I smashed it out, barely taking a single break. I was fully enthralled. I couldn't stop myself from plowing through every single chapter, and I realized that there had to be a lot more to my enjoyment of this series than just the action and animation that initially hooked me in. And so here we are, my grand dissection of why I love One Punch Man. Chapter 1, Beauty on the Surface. This is a section of quick things that I wanted to point out. They're pretty obvious to most people, but they're definitely worth restating. Obviously, the season 1 animation and manga art is beautiful. The choreography and camera work? I don't know if that's what you call it in a manga, but you know what I mean. It's really, really fantastic. Saitama's ability to be relatable through the melancholic circumstances of his life is really excellent in creating relatability and immersion, given that you would think, you know, a literal god would be kind of hard to relate to. The character design and powers are super fun throughout the world, and the world itself is well explained enough for the purpose of a story and just really easily understood. These are all some core reasons which contribute to making this series great, and especially the factor of Saitama's relatable melancholy, these factors really contribute to my love of the show. But I believe that there is one really key theme to One Punch Man that is represented through so many of the characters that I just really want to dive into it. There is this one theme which I believe resonates with all viewers, and it's an archetypal theme, and you'll find it from every story from the modern age to the most ancient stories that you can find, but it's a theme that One Punch Man pulls off from several different angles simultaneously, and I think that's what makes it so successful. Chapter 2. Struggle Against Futility so, you're living in a world with superheroes, supervillains, monsters who can level cities, and alien invasions, and you want to make a difference to help the human race? That's a noble goal. So, do you have super strength? No. Hmm. How about Esper powers? No? Super intelligence and engineering capabilities? No? Uh, are you a ninja by any chance? No again. Uh, tell me, why is it that you want to be a hero? Uh, you know you will likely fail, and you know you will almost certainly die, right? This is Moomin Rider, basically just an average dude in an industry of the distinctly non-average. In a class of heroes that is best served helping to get cats out of trees and directing evacuation, there is one who does not shy away from the highest tier of danger, the monstrous sea king 
he's there. The dragon level threat Boros, he's there. The S-Class destroyer Garrow, he's there. Moomin Rider will fail. Moomin Rider has literally zero chance of success, but he will be there. He will fall, and he will rise. Rise and rise again. This theme, to struggle over and over until success, is the archetypal theme that I referred to earlier. Basically every action show, superhero movie, and shonen under the sun portrays this theme. The hero fights, the hero struggle, the hero grows, and the hero prevails. But not Moomin Rider. He will fight, mm, he will struggle for sure, he will grow, and he will fail. Again and again, ad infinitum. Moomin Rider is the story of a struggle against futility, and yet his story is not one that we watch in a state of sadness, despair, depression, or even sympathy. It's one that we watch with passion and inspiration, wanting to cheer from the sidelines, wanting to see him prevail, and every time we pray that he will rise again. To me, what this portrays and why it's emotionally resonant is that it is the truest representation of struggling in life. It is not an instance of rising and conquering the problem and being done with the day. That's not what life is. And Moomin Rider is not the superhero who will save the world. No, he is me and he is you. He is what we could be in this world of One Punch Man. We won't be the super in this story, but we have a choice of being a body in the rubble or being someone that can be at least a bit more. We in the real world will never be done with our struggles, but this story of Moomin Rider is an inspiration to never give up, because what we see in Moomin Rider is not failure in the ultimate sense. He will fall for sure, and he will rise over and over, because that is life. Life is the struggle, followed by another struggle, but it doesn't have to be viewed as a depressing, unending suffering, but rather one occasion to rise up to, to which we can, just like Moomin Rider, we can rush headlong into it, take our cuts and bruises, and maybe, just maybe at the next struggle, we won't get crushed as hard, because that next struggle will come along, and we can either rise to meet it, have risen to meet it in the past and be slightly more prepared, or we can simply wait and be useless. And nobody wants to wait and be useless. We want to be that little bit more prepared, to have that little bit better of a chance, to have that bit more of a fight in us. And maybe, just maybe, if we fight through enough trials, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. And this is how I feel, and that is why I love Moomin Rider's role in this story. Chapter 3. Tooth and Nail. Rise and rise again, until lambs become lions. So, is there actually a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, we want there to be. We don't want to be in an unending struggle. But we know that the path there is not going to be smooth sailing. In many other shonens, let's take Bleach for example. The hero will encounter an enemy that he cannot beat. He will hop into a training montage and bada bing bada boom, he's good to smack this villain down. Well, it doesn't work so easily in One Punch Man. 
the character of Genos presents an incredibly interesting and memorable version of the shonen protagonist. And the character of Fubuki presents a really interesting parallel or perhaps complementary figure to Genos' role in the story. So something I love about Genos is that despite some of his early introduction shows him as being this cool, hyper-powered cyborg with maximum destructive powers that can blast away buildings, and with his initial sparring session with Saitama showing some absolutely insane power, the thing is that amongst his earliest scenes are also just scenes of him getting absolutely bodied by the sexy mosquito. His introduction isn't that of, like, some world-beater. It's Genos being turned into a piece of modern art. And we see this again and again. Versus the Sea King, he gets bodied. Versus Carnage Kabuto, he gets bodied. But as the story progresses, we also see glimmers of hope. Where a Moomin writer's story was all about an infinite struggle. Where he has not yet seen a light at the end of the tunnel, but fights for it regardless. Genos' story is at the next stage of progression. We see his fights with G4, where he has learned to use more of his head, his fight with Sonic, where his outright battle power has actually just grown, and his later fights and participation against the Monster Association's Elder Centipede, Psychos and the like just all demonstrate clear growth. Genos is advancing. He is what would happen when you take the unrelenting spirit of a Moomin Rider and attach bazookas to his shoulders, flamethrowers to his hands, and allow him to move at mock speed. Genos supplies to Hope the possible light at the end of the tunnel of the story. The hope that if you keep on rising every time you fall, you can make it there. I'm sure we will still see Genos getting bodied several times more throughout the story, but I'm also certain that alongside the bodying, we will see the growth, with him integrating the lessons of his past, with less carelessness and with more battle sense, with more firepower, and an explosive, destructive, brutal path towards having a chance of reaching the pinnacles of power. Genos will fight tooth and nail. He must fight tooth and nail, just for a chance, for a glimmer of hope. But when that glimmer of hope does appear, he will throw everything he has towards it for the chance of victory. And that makes for an epic character, an inspirational character, and a memorable character. So to briefly touch on Fubuki, we can see many of the same tooth and nail, grinding, fighting, failing, and retrying aspects to her story. She desperately wants to catch up to her sister, who is simply an unmatchable force of nature. So Fubuki uses what she has, and tries it all, to build an organization of the weak around her to raise her strength, to develop new ESP techniques, to reach out and attempt to integrate stronger members of the S-Class into her circles. Fubuki's techniques, strategies, and attempts all fail, but Fubuki doesn't quit. As Moomin Rider struggles against futility, as Genos struggles with a glimmer of hope, Fubuki, I feel, falls somewhere in between. Perhaps she will find a way to amass enough power to rival her sister. Perhaps her efforts will pay off. I don't think whether or not they do is actually the point of her character, or the reason why I like her character. 
it's that she does a really good job of reinforcing the constant theme of struggle against futility that is portrayed throughout One Punch Man. Chapter 4. The Extra Fun Little Add-Ons Finally, I wanted to just give a brief overview of a few extra things that didn't really merit an entire section, but I still wanted to mention. So there exists a character called Chauncey Gardner from the 1979 movie Being There. And this character is essentially mentally retarded, but everything he says gets interpreted as being some savant level galaxy brain genius statement. Everyone believes he is some sort of secret genius, and so every near nonsensical uttering is interpreted as a metaphor of the highest order intelligence. To me, King in this story is the superhero variant of Chauncey Gardner. I find the gag, or more so his legit superpower of insane luck, to be hilarious and I just don't get tired of it. The character of Watchdog Man is also just a blast. Dude just sits there in his city area, watchdogging. I also really enjoy the gradual, bit-by-bit -bit realization that's occurring in the world of just how strong Saitama really is. It is honestly super fulfilling to watch each time another character gets an inkling of his power, and the slow drip realization from character to character is something that I just live for. And finally, during the final fight of Season 1, Saitama vs. Boros, Saitama's empathy for Boros was for whatever reason, a really emotionally resonant moment. Early on, we're introduced to the idea that Saitama is super bored due to just being so OP. And in his dream fight with the Underworlders, his heart finally gets fired up. And then we see the same instance with Boros. Boros was Saitama. The dude was literally so bored that he went universe traveling just to try to draw out someone strong enough to end his boredom. And he got it. And seeing Saitama's empathy for that desire, and him being empathetic to Boros, was... it was beautiful. So, that wraps up my Why I Love One Punch Man video. I'm actually a few chapters behind the latest webcomic release, so I'll be reading that now, and I really look forward to seeing how this story unfolds. The author, One, has a fantastic capacity for writing, and I'm so happy that One Punch Man has received the level of attention that it deserves. I hope you enjoyed the video, and if you have any thoughts or feelings of your own about what I've said, or about One Punch Man in general, I would actually really be genuinely interested in reading them, so drop a comment down below. Other than that, if you want to see more content from me, I will likely be making some more in the future, so you might consider subscribing to see those when they eventually come out. 
And if you want to check out my other videos, that's also an option. Until next time, wherever you are, enjoy your days, enjoy your nights. I am heading off, and I hopefully will see you all again. Bye.